From Bloomington, Indiana, welcome to Prescription for Healthcare on WFHB Community Radio, Bloomington, Indiana, sponsored by Medicare for All Indiana. I'm Karen Greenstone, along with Dr. Rob Stone. Our guest today is Aaron Bamman, a fourth-year medical student at Indiana University School of Medicine in Indianapolis. She was the driving force behind the Bloomington Campus Group Students for a National Health Program, or SNAP. Before medical school, Aaron, who is bilingual in Spanish, worked at the Volunteers in Medicine Clinic in Bloomington. She's preparing to apply for internal medicine residency programs with an interest in primary care and geriatrics. Welcome to Prescription for Healthcare. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Erin, how did you become interested in Medicare for All? I think there are multiple things that contributed to that over time, but it really started for me when I was volunteering at Volunteers in Medicine in Bloomington, helping care for uninsured residents of Monroe in Owen counties in Indiana. And I just saw the extent to which people from a varying set of backgrounds would come through with without insurance and hearing their stories about what they went through and and sometimes how they lost their insurance even and how they were locked out for months and unable to access the care that they needed, the medicines that they needed routinely was really striking to me. I grew up in a pretty privileged setting of a middle-class family, went to university. So I hadn't faced that battle myself and I wasn't really exposed to that as much. So that was a pretty eye-opening experience just seeing how people who had Healthy Indiana Plan at the time were coming through saying, oh, I I moved, missed a bill and now I don't have health insurance and they won't give it to me for six months. I was just so struck by that. And it, it left enough of an impact on me that I started exploring the topic and kind of what movements and options were out there for connecting people who don't have insurance to have insurance and maybe what we could do better as as a society, as a country. And I met Dr. Rob Stone, who was volunteering at Volunteers of Medicine and had some conversations, found out about the Medicare for All Indiana group in Bloomington and started attending those meetings. And then the interest really grew. Erin, how receptive do you think medical students in Indiana are to the idea of Medicare for All, a national um, program? I think the concept of uh, Medicare for All or a single payer health program, single payer health insurance, there are many terms for the same thing. <laughs> I think the concept is pretty familiar to a lot of medical students in my class at my year. So I'm going to be the graduating class of 2022. And when I was thinking about starting Students for a National Health Program at IUSM, opening a chapter there, I had, I had from conversations briefly, I knew that there would be some degree of interest, but I didn't know how strong it would be. And I think I was fortunate in being in a fairly open-minded community, Bloomington, Indiana. So a lot of the students that were attracted to that program specifically may have been biased towards having an open mind or having these progressive thoughts. But when I started formally talking to people about interest and what do they think about just, just even as a student group, just discussing the idea of what health insurance options we could have, not just advocating for Medicare for all, but just having discussions more often since it's not part of the curriculum. And people were really excited about it. And people medical students were incredibly grateful, honestly, to have an opportunity to learn more about the healthcare system and to explore the issues and the barriers that providers face trying to provide care and that patients face receiving care or accessing care. I think med students really see that as a deficiency in a lot of curriculum and in in our training or 
kind of our academic exposure. So starting a student group was easy in that respect. And people were very supportive of the idea of Medicare for all. I think a good portion of the initial 15 to 20 students that came out to the call out were on the fence. And just because it was a new concept to them, but pretty shortly after just hearing an introduction on how there are around 30 million people who are uninsured, how making them also aware that people in Indiana, for example, have health insurance through HIP, our expanded Medicaid, but then even within that can get dropped and locked out. Just exposing students to those issues more in a situation where they weren't previously aware, I think pushed them more to be open to the idea of single payer or Medicare for all, even if they were from a more conservative background or a traditional background where they didn't previously think about that as an option. Will you talk about SNAP as a national movement? Because we, Rob and I, see you and students like you, student activists, that you are the future. What do you see from your experience uh, communicating with other groups and with your student group? Building off of what we just talked about, from a student interest level, the first year we just started in Bloomington, but even by the next year, when we were at the Student Involvement Fair, kind of introducing newer medical students to the different student organizations that they could get involved with, we had a lot of interest from other campuses and especially from Indy, since it's Indianapolis is the main medical school campus. Um, just talking about the national movement. Yes. Have you gone to some of the, the national conventions? I, I haven't been to one. This The most recent one this year was in April and it was um, virtual since we have the COVID-19 pandemic that we're dealing with. I didn't go to that one and I hadn't been to the one the year before, but we did have a lot of students in the year below me attend that one. And they had a, a really good time brainstorming with other student chapters about things that we could bring to Indiana and also just how to have these conversations in an effective way among students and then also with legislators. I went to the national... Uh, meeting in 2000, and it would have been 18 or 19. And that was in New York. And it was very exciting to be a part of it. I was mainly there in the role of someone starting a new chapter and trying to learn about how other chapters function and how we could do mimic the successful chapters that were already out there. But I think what was most surprising was it seemed like we were doing most things right, which was a good sign. And a lot of students in more blue states, for lack of a better term, were doing incredibly progressive and very strong, like making strong statements with their events and with their actions, doing things like die-ins, making sure that they went specifically to whether it was law enforcement or political figures in their area and making their voices heard as a medical student community, that people were doing a whole spectrum of actions that I think were really inspiring for me. And also it just shows how much interest there is for medical students to make these changes happen and how passionate uh, a lot of people feel who are going into the medical field about us needing to do a better job as a country and as medical professionals of providing access to healthcare for people and uh, making sure that we're, that the money that's being put into healthcare is being used wisely. And a lot of that discussion is about the wasted money and overhead right now. I think people are really excited about how we could redistribute that money to better serve our patients. And that's something that medical students have shown in a lot of different ways at, at that conference and outside of that conference. For our listeners, could you explain what a die-in is? 
It's actually not something I've participated in, and I have a limited understanding. My understanding is that people who are participating in a die-in will lay on the ground. Maybe they'll have signs. Maybe they'll have something that is part of their message that they're trying to convey to a broader audience, but usually to a political figure about needing to make a change. Die-in could be if you wanted your state legislator to act on a bill, or if you were against their approval of a certain bill that just went through, you may go to their office and with a group of people. And instead of protesting and yelling, you're really just laying down on the ground to demonstrate the damage that behavior or that, that decision could bring with it in a very visual way. It's like a, going beyond a sit-in. There was one on the courthouse lawn here a couple of years ago. Okay, Aaron, what is your prescription for healthcare? I really do believe that a single publicly funded, privately delivered universal healthcare system is the best option for us as a country. I think it does the best. That structure really allows for people to live in more comfort and safety that they know that healthcare is going to be available to them. And I think right now people lack that. Even people with health insurance don't feel like it's reliable and it's not because of the quality of care that's often delivered, but rather the financial consequences that may come along with the bill that they're going to receive or not knowing how much all these services are going to cost and just feeling like they're Things are happening to them and they have no control over it, and yet they're going to have to pay for it. So I think having a universal healthcare system or universal health of some kind really would allow people to feel better cared for. So do you have any last thoughts that you would like to share? So I think what the main message that I like to leave with people is to always think critically about the system that we're in and how it can be better and to not settle for when we think we accept struggles or what we might even view as like mistreatment or things that aren't right just because it's the way it is. I think it's really important to always be questioning that. And just because something functions a certain way doesn't mean it can't change. I think that's how humans have progressed for years <laughs> is we do change things. So just keeping that in mind, and trying to facilitate these conversations, whatever, wherever you stand on them, like I would encourage people to talk about it, talk about it with your healthcare provider, talk about it with your family and your friends and see how we could all do better. So I, I would just encourage those conversations. And of course, if you haven't explored the option of single payer Medicare for all, it's a quick Google search <laughs> and you can learn a lot very quickly. Aaron, thank you so much you. for talking with us today. I know you're very busy and we appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. For Prescription for Healthcare, this is Karen Greenstone and Dr. Rob Stone on WFHB Community Radio, sponsored by Medicare for All Indiana. Until next time, to your good health, everyone.